0: Go on down and tell it. Thank you for coming back for another episode of the By Chance Podcast. This episode is a zero episode, and in case you're unfamiliar, a zero episode is where I review something, normally music, sometimes movies. This episode, it's uh, television. And by television, I mean Netflix because whatever comes on regular television, no one really cares about. Um, I'm not really into appointment-only television. i rather watch things when I'm able to watch it. So what did I watch, are you asking? Yeah, I watched Justin Simeon's Dear White People. It's a 10-episode series on Netflix. And I'm, I'm going to review that. And since it's an unfinished review... I'm only going to review the first five episodes because that's what I've watched so far. And that's what we're going to talk about. So right after this break, we'll get back to my review or get started with my review of Justin Simeon's episodic adventure, Dear White People. Trigger warning. The following program is meant for both white and black audiences and every other color imaginable. Dear white people. I just wanna say that I find your show offensive. Having a black vibrator does not count as an interracial relationship. And highly divisive. When you ask someone who looks ethnically different, what are you? The answer is usually a person about to slap the shit out of you. We need to come together at times like this. When are you gonna wake up to your white privilege, man? Um, I'm black. Sorry, brother. Thanks for calling. Miss White, her rhetoric, makes this campus look like a powder keg A racial unrest, like a state school. How did we get here? Who hurt you? Well, 200 years. Slavery got it right. Sorry I asked. With me as your lifeline, we will have unprecedented access to the administration. We should vote for you because your father's (laughs) the dean girls and I are going to the Midsummer's Night Dream Party. That thing where the girls wander around outside waiting for a senior to date rape them. For a senior to kiss them. You're confusing it with the taming of the shrew party. A bunch of white kids dressing up like us. In 2017, I can't believe something like this could happen. It's almost like you and I attend two separate schools. Have to unpack best friend having a secret bay, Secret or white? We met in the comments section of that Medium article you wrote, don't fall in love with your oppressor. That one got so many likes. You're not just a black man, you're a gay black man. I'm sorry. Gay? I'm sorry, are you straight? Oddly specific. We're going to bring together every group on this campus and demand real justice. Guys, you know what this is? This is racism. Yeah, I thought President Obama fixed all that. I know. This is what happens when a country refuses to address its history with slavery. We need to do here what they did in Germany. What? I meant the educating kids about the nation's horrible past part, not the um, concentration camp part. Oh, uh, my, I was about yeah. to say. Again, I'm here reviewing the Netflix television series of Dear White People. Uh, written and some episodes directed by Justin Simeon. I've watched the first five episodes and I'm going to give you my take on what I've seen so far. Um, I think I'll break it down episode by episode. But I'll probably get lost in it. So in case I do, you can remind me as you're listening and not able to actually communicate with me. But you can remind me of what I forgot to do and then fill me in. But I'll fill you in on, on what I thought. and honestly. It's all right. It's not um, a bad thing to watch at all. Now, I will say that you should watch the film. Um, And if you're unaware, in 2014, Justin Simeon released a Dear White People film, um, starred Tessa Thompson, the kid from Everybody Hates Chris, and this black girl who I know, but can't remember her name. You know her too. She's really pretty. She was in that um, Spike Lee film, the musical with... uh, Nick Cannon, who was a gangster and about not giving pussy to niggas, but whatever. Anyway, um, in that film, the general synopsis of that film is the lives of four black students at an Ivy League college. Well, there was an event, there was a party, and at that party was kind of the, um, the moment where everything came to a head as far as like race relations there at the university. Well, the show picks up from that point. It actually covers that topic. And the first five episodes are not geared quite like the film. The film generally stuck to the main character, Sam, and her navigating through the college campus with the other students, uh, their storylines sprinkled in. Well, with the television show, the first five episodes, at least, and I haven't got past the fifth episode, but the first five episodes are geared towards specific students and the telling of their stories. And the first three episodes are more tied in together than the fourth and the fifth. So the first three episodes take place at the same time, roughly. And towards the third episode, it kind of branches out and starts to, excuse me, the pacing starts to move forward and time starts to pick up um, with real life events. So again, the the film was made in 2014, but the storyline that takes place uh, currently, in the television show, is two thousand seventeen. So, they do keep um, the, the 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 meat and potatoes of the original story, but they just put it in current events, and you kind of it doesn't get lost. It doesn't feel like they shouldn't have done that. It, it was it was the right thing to do. Um, visually, one of the things I remembered about the film was there were a lot of shots that were planned, um, and I think if you have a good uh, uh, director of I don't know the title, <laughs> not like the director of the the actual films or whatever. But like, you had a great cinematographer. Like you you plan these things out. But a lot of the shots in the film were were shot over shoulders to kind of bring other students into the the picture and focus, but not focus on the central characters. So they they do that in the in the television series a bit, especially with the first three episodes again because they're tied in. So there'll be a scene where there's someone walking down the hallway in one episode. And you are being shown the conversation from that character, but also in the hallway or other characters. So when their episode appears, you'll see that same scene, but told from their point of view. So that was really neat. Um, stylistically, the conversation that these people are having with one another is, is, is great. It doesn't feel preachy, even though that's kind of the point of it. The point of it is to be a bit preachy with what. Uh, the issues they're trying to tackle, but it doesn't feel like such. And the the comedy's legit; like you can you can believe that these characters would would say these things. Nothing seems as if there wasn't any um, research done. And and uh, interestingly enough, the campus of the fictional campus of Winchester is actually UCLA. Um, so there's there's an interesting tidbit that, that you may or may not have known. Um, so I, I said I, I would try to break it down. Episode by episode, so we're, we're gonna do that here. So, um, just to give a synopsis of the television show, it is Students of Color Deal with Life Issues While Attending a Predominantly White Ivy League College. So, it's not much different from the movie, but I think that this is all you need. So, episode one, and they're, they're listed as chapters. Uh, As college radio radio host Samantha White leads the outcry over a blackface party on campus, a revelation about her love life puts her in an awkward spot. So, um, I personally didn't like the first episode that much. I didn't find it that enjoyable. And that may have been because, like, they stuck to the movie a bit much. Like, they went back to that to kind of get you caught up. And then they threw some other stuff at you really quickly. Um, In the character Sam, like, she's just... She's very, very pretty, and it's not the same actress from the film, but she's very pretty, and it makes it hard to believe, like, she's really, like, behind what she's talking about. I'm sure she is. It, Whatever. Like, but my prejudice just won't let me see her that way. Um, It was generally, like, I watched it, and I was like, I don't know. I was kind of iffy with it, but that kind of changed with the second episode, which was... um about the kid lionel and lionel was was originally played by everybody hates chris i'm sure he has a real name i just don't know what it is It's not important we all know who he is from everybody hates chris um well his story is his character is interesting because he's um he's gay and he's awkward and he writes for the school paper and he covered the event of the party the blackface party he actually notified everybody um in the black student union and different black groups like yo we got to get here because this party's going on so he he sparked the um the, the the lead in to to disrupt the party, and then he also covered it uh, as as well. So he was he was being champion or whatever for for doing both things. Um, but he also has to come to grips with who he is. So he has some like identity issues and concerns, and this episode kind of dealt with that. And it showed Bush like I wasn't ready. I, I wasn't ready. There, there's a there's a scene where he's at a, a drama party or a party for the drama club or something like that, and there's this guy who's kind of flirting with him. And he has a roommate that he a roommate with benefits, as the guy explains it. Who's a girl, and they invite him back to their place, and they're all smoking weed and drinking, and they start making out with each other. It's a three way make out thing, and the girl pulled on her pants, and it was just like whoa. So there that wasn't the first like sex scene in the series, and I'm on episode two now, so that was not the first sex scene. But the first sex scene, you couldn't even get a nipple, but this one you get like full bush. It was in in a rectangle, it, like it was a bush, and I saw labor majora like it was all there and i was like oh i wasn't ready but this episode was was a great one because it played into the character so the character is he spent most of most of his life feeling uncomfortable in most situations so he he's got this dry wit and these these mumble jokes that he throws out and these jabs or whatever and the character kind of stayed true to that and and a lot of expression so a large part of the party scenes he he wasn't speaking he was just like showing the emotion with his face and how uncomfortable he was or how pleased he was or what about this experience was just like not right for him and you, and you, and you saw all that so again like this was shot really well and i that episode episode three uh golden boy troy smooths snoozes his way around campus at his dad's behest uh campaigning for student body president Troy is the son of one of the deans there, and um, he essentially grew up on campus, and he's running for student body president, but he he's suffering from, from what I believe is imposter syndrome, where he feels like he shouldn't be or uh, qualified to do such. His, his father always put all kinds of pressure on him. They show, they show those scenes of him growing up and having things he wants to do, and his father would just give him a look or say no, and he immediately just shut down and just did what his father said. So he's kind of still following that trope. Um, Nia Long is also in this episode and um Troy's relatively an attractive guy and everybody, all the women on school want him. Nia Long is an adult, a professor, and I mean Troy's not a child or anything, but um they have a secret love affair, and there's some weird um uh, twist in the episode with the with the, the running back on the football team. Uh and that part doesn't really play in well, but I think later in, in later episodes it kinda it kinda ties in really neat. But again, his storyline ties in with Lionel's storyline, which ties in with Sam's storyline. It's just, it's it's really smart. Um, shot really well. Again, like um, the dialogue is legit and he's selling promises to every, uh, and on, on his campaign trail, he's selling everything's his first priority. When he talks to any specific group, it's my first priority. I'll take care of this from uh, the feminist group to the Dungeons and Dragons group, to the jocks, to everybody. Um, And he also has some pull within campus. So the guy who's uh, paper through the party with the blackface that caused the controversy, he wants like a pardon, but he can't really give a pardon, just like a social pardon. So like things that go over a little bit smoothly and there's some behind the scenes things going on and a little bit of blackmail. So that was episode three. And again, they're not episodes, they're called chapters. So this is chapters four. And this is the one that was a lot different from the other episodes. This was Coco or Calandria's. Episode And she is the uh, pretty black girl who's always been the pretty black girl on the clip, And she's like of darker skin and she has her own things. And you would think looking at the character that she was just not trying to be herself, but she's very self-aware. She's just tired of it. She's just tired of having to to do so much to gain so little. So she just plays it up. She hams it up for whomever to get ahead. Like she's just really about getting ahead right now. And this episode was a flashback of sorts more than the other episodes because it explained the relationship between Coco and Sam and how they used to be really good friends. And this was never explored in the movie, but they were roommates and they had a falling out because um, they were a bit like oil and water. Uh, Sam's character is biracial and she was trying so hard to identify as black and Coco's like, I look black. There's nothing I can do about this and get over it. Like um, let's have fun. Let's relax. Let's meet people. Let's do things to escape being black for a while. And Sam's character wouldn't. So they came to our head after um, a while over. She, some conflict. Cause Coco was trying to uh, pledge a sorority and Sam had her group, the black student union had space already and she wouldn't give it up. And then they, started blurting out things they already felt about one another and it just ended it. But then Coco went out like a badass when she went up to the sorority cause they called her and she could hear uh, outside the door that they were talking shit behind her and she called everybody out. She told one young lady she smelled like gym socks and that's why she couldn't keep a man. And it was, it was, it was classic. It was good. It was a good one. Um, this one felt meaner than the other episodes. However, the show's really good. Like it's, it's doing what it's supposed to do. And I recommend it to anybody. Like, it's not really about saying to white people, you can't do things or this is what you shouldn't do. It's just, it's just a good show. Um, chapter five, this is about Reggie and Reggie's character is played by the guy who played Reggie in the film. Uh, Reggie and the Dean's son, whose names escape me, they're, they're played by the original actors and they look much older (laughs) <laughs> and the newer actors, they're, they're definitely not college age, but whatever. Uh, Reggie is a kindred spirit of sorts with Sam, a revolutionist, a really smart guy. He developed the app that was rigged in the film that helped her win uh, some post or whatever. And then in this episode, he's developing a Tinder type app uh, about staying woke, whether you're woke or not on campus. So have your picture, swipe left. Um, I guess swipe left, not woke, swipe right. You are woke. And, um, they were exploring that, but Reggie also is in love with Sam, who's also dating a white dude, which is contrary to everything that Sam talks about uh as far as like dear white people and it It just causes a conflict amongst the group and their core um Reggie's torn up about it a bit, and uh, with this episode, they try to have fun, go to a tailgate eat breakfast for dinner it's a bunch of them it's a, it's a core of them linos with this group um some asian chick pops up because why not <laughs> um, um and then they go to this party at this house that is a guy's a, a casual friend of reggie's and a white guy and they do some trivia and reggie's super smart and they run in that trivia and then everybody's dancing and of course the song is playing and everybody's singing along and dancing and the white dude singing along and it says nigga a few times and. This, this, that, and third, and Reggie's like, you can't say nigga. Dude's like, I'm just singing the song. We've all been there before, and it gets a little testy. Like, I don't wanna, I don't wanna give it away, but I will say this episode affected me like the most. It, I, I actually had a reaction to this episode. This one was the one that sold me on the series, because it made me feel something that I wasn't expecting to feel, and I never thought I would feel from watching it. Um, I'll just, I'll just summarize it to say like, watch it, take some time out, watch the series. Even if you don't watch any other episode, if you don't watch the movie, watch episode five. That one will get you. um The direction, the pacing, the the conversation leading up to it. Like it's all, it's legit. It's real. Uh, stand by. I endorse it. I like Dear White People. I would give this a, uh, on a light skin scale from... Uh, Christopher Williams getting stabbed in the hand in New Jack City, to Chris Brown doing backflips on stage. Like Chris Brown is definitely doing backflips on stage to this one. This this is a legit legit series, and um, it's smart. And it, it went in ways I didn't see it going. Um, I didn't know. I, I never would have predicted like uh, Justin would expand out. It's not a universe, but a storyline as as well as he did, and it's a, it's a smart show. Uh, so far it's got a 100 on Rotten Tomatoes, but you know, that can change. Um, it's worth it guys. So I'm going to get back to watching the second half. Again, it's 10 episodes and I suggest you get on board if you haven't already. And then you come back to the by chance podcast and then you tell me about it. You, you give me some feedback on what you thought of the show. Um, rate, review my show as well as give a comment about what you thought of, uh, dear white people on Netflix. Um, Here's that part that I always mess up every episode, except for some of them, but this time I think I'm gonna get it right. Remember in life, the only safe thing you could take is a chance. Thanks for listening.